Welcome to the Ion Annapolis Local Business Spotlight. There are thousands of locally owned businesses in the area, some small and some large. Some you may know and others you don't. But one thing they all have in common is a great story and we want to share it with you. Join us every Saturday as we talk to the founders, the owners, and the managers of local businesses you have come to know and love, and those you will come to know and love. Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight. Man, I wish this was my studio. We're sitting here in the uh, Ellen Moyer Park overlooking Back Creek with Rick Hutzel today, who is the, are you the editor, the founder, the... I've tried to come up with a... I've tried to come up with a, um, you know, a title for what my job is because it's me, uh, my wife is helping with the books, and then my dog. You know, that, that is the editorial staff of, that is the staff of Meanwhile in Annapolis. Okay, are you expanding that editorial staff at all? Uh, like not, with a cat or something? Not, 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 well, not at first. You know, it's funny. I just got, a, I got an email from somebody who asked if they could write something for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to stay with just me for the short term, and then we'll see where it goes because the... It's still growing. It's it's you know I, I I need to get it to a certain level in terms of numbers um, before I can consider that because I have to be able to pay for you know other content. Absolutely. Well, you are the retired editor. New, former, not retired. Former, no. no. Retired would mean I was not off doing nothing. Okay. I I am now a small business owner. Okay. He is the small business owner, the former editor in chief of the Capitol. Ably, bravely, and every other adjective I can come up with um, led the staff through, without doubt, the uh, most difficult several years after the uh, shooting in 2018. Right now, you are working for a company which is sort of unusual because social media was sort of like the the nemesis, if you will, to traditional paper. Uh, But Bulletin, and you've got a, uh, which is a meta, also known as Facebook company, and you have a, a great, and I, I hesitate to say it's a column because it's not, because you, you're putting out content twice a week and it's really deep dive thoughty stuff. I was, I don't know what number I am, but I mean, when you launched it, I was like, oh, this is cool. And I read the first two and I'm like, oh, this is really cool. And then I tried to read the third one. And I said, oh, it's behind a paywall. And I said, no, but this is cool. So I need to, you know, so I reached into the wallet and got the credit card and I mean, this, i just sort of curious as to how it came from here. I mean, you left the Capitol on a buyout, right? Right. Can you talk about the future of the Capitol? Uh, well, so I left the Capitol in June. Um, it followed the purchase of the parent company of the Capitol, the Sun Tribune Publishing by Alden, Alden Global Capital, which is, you know, kind of an infamous um, venture capital firm that buys up companies and then figures out ways to make money of them. Um, and, you know, they're described as, you know, the destroyer of newspapers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's to a certain extent um, that went into my thinking. Um, I did not expect to leave when I did because I, I didn't really think there was going to be a buyout. And if there was a buyout, I did not think that they would, you know, give it to the editor of the paper. Um, uh, that's usually kind of an unusual unusual thing. But I did apply for it because, you know, my wife and I were we're in our 60s. We're, you know, we're, we're close to thinking about retirement. Um, and so I figured that if there was going to be a buyout, that this was going to be it. So I figured I'd better apply. And, you know, they, they took it. And I, I, I appreciated the, you know, the financial support to go figure something else out. And I appreciated the fact that this was 
their newspaper that I had merely been borrowing it for a number of years. Um, and, and so we parted ways. I took about uh, a, took a couple of months and started looking around for things. I, you know, I applied for some non-newspaper jobs. I applied for some jobs as spokesman of this or that. None of it really felt right, you know. I mean, it wasn't really what I wanted to do. Um, I did apply for a job at, at a major newspaper um, and, and got to the final interviews, and it was, you know, just an honor to get that far. Um, didn't work out. And I was kind of happy with that because the prospect of commuting to, from Annapolis to D.C., which was an hour each way that included a train, a bus, and a walk. Um, uh, <laughs> Sounds like a John Candy movie. <laughs> yeah, I just, it just wasn't what I really want to do. So, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of looking around. I started doing some freelancing. Um, you had a piece in time, I saw. that. Uh, yeah, I, that, there was that, and I did some freelancing for some nonprofits in the area. A friend of mine who does um, freelancing got sick, and she asked me to sub in for her. So that helped, and I began to think that maybe there's a way for me to be a freelancer. I've always been fascinated by what's called long-form journalism. In other words, these pieces that you sit there and used to read in the paper on Sunday morning, you know, that's that's 2,000, 4,000, 5,000 words. Right, continued from page A1. Right, pictures from chart, B3, right. B5, you know, and it goes down. But I mean, that's the thing that, that small newspapers always struggle to do. And when I was at the Capitol, it was always the thing that we wanted to figure out time to do. And we, we were successful with it from time to time. So I was interested in that. And then Meta came knocking, and you know the person I work with, um, uh, Samantha Bennett, is the person who recruited me, and you know she's a Maryland, you know, a Merrill graduate from Maryland, their their journalism program, and she, you know, she's working on this this bulletin project with others, and she called me and said, you know, I saw that you left, and I'm interested, and we started talking about it, um, and really they they said we have a platform that is newsletters, but we're rolling it out very slowly because we don't want to to be a source of misinformation. You know, we want to uplift local voices. We want to provide support for unique voices. So right now it's about 100, 150, somewhere in there. I think I was like numbered 124. Um, and it really is interesting. I mean, they have all of the strength of meta. I was doing, for something I'm writing for tomorrow, I was doing some research on their reach. Seven out of 10 Americans check Face their Facebook accounts once a day. Yeah, that's, um, it's crazy. The statistics are crazy. Sixty percent of Americans who have Facebook um, uh, check it multiple times a day. They're everywhere, and so it was real reach, real power. Um, they do have, you know, they have some issues to deal with. Um, you know, the the stuff about Instagram and the fact that they knew it was harmful to young women, according to Ms. Hagen, mm-hmm. the whistleblower. You know, the fact that it spreads disinformation indiscriminately. Um, you know, some of those things are there. That's not what Bulletin is. Bulletin is, a, is something that's on a separate platform. It's not on the Facebook platform. I do use Facebook for, you know, to push it out just sure. like we did at the Capitol. Um, but it is a separate thing, and they're trying something new. And, you know, I, I got these words from Fifalatsis, who's the publisher of The Sun and my former boss, that more journalism is good for everybody. And so that's what I'm trying to do, more journalism. Well, I will tell you, I mean, for folks that aren't aware, you want to go to Meanwhile, just Google Meanwhile in Annapolis. And it's you can, you know, there was a discussion with the folks at Meta about whether it made more sense to use Meanwhile in Annapolis, which is kind of an obscure name or my or my name as the URL, which is a little bit less. (laughs) I'm 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 a relatively modest person. I mean, you know, I don't like doing interviews a whole lot. You know, I do them now because I have to push out the name of (laughs) what I'm doing. And um but so, the, yeah, the, the URL for my website is, is unbelievably rickhutzel.bulletin.com. 
because my name shows up in Google searches. So. Well, there you go. Well, I am I am a fan of this, and I mean, like I said, when it first came out, you are probably the ideal person for this. Um, and and I would probably say, with the exception of Steve Gunn, because he wasn't here that long, but the editors that were before you, Tom Marquart, uh, Ed Casey, um, you know, with the institutional knowledge of the community. Uh, I mean, not only you've been here forever, you've got employees, you had employees, you had reporters, you had people that were, you know, digging around that were became part of the fabric of the community. And obviously, you know, an awful lot about that. And I mean, you're ideal for that. I mean, one of, you know, one of the most one of the best ones you've had is really in the news right now, as far as news goes, was your story on, you know, Cars and Sparrows and Elktonia Beach, uh, about the history of it and how it became to be and, you know, what was going on. And now we just learned that that is now being, with the help of the state and the feds and everything else, going to be purchased in ultimately through some kind of crazy land swaps and <laughs> transactions. But it's going to be a, a city park for passive recreation. Uh, on the Chesapeake Bay, which is something we don't have in the city of Annapolis. I mean, that's a really fascinating deal. And, and I, I found out it because I got wind that Sarah Elfrith, who's the state senator from Annapolis, was going to be putting, she has this great bill to pump, she is a co-sponsor of a bill to pump lots of money into state parks. And she wrote a, uh, an amendment into the bill during a committee markup of the bill um, to that would provide, that would instruct the DNR to pursue this project, making it a state park. And that really kind of pushed it over the edge. There was already money in, the governor had already planned to put money into the state park. This thing has been in the works. Uh, Vince Leggett, uh, from uh, a longtime you know, student of the history of black Americans on the Chesapeake. I think that's actually his website, Blacks, yeah, Blacks, on, the Blacks on the Chesapeake. And um, you know, he'd been working on it for years. Uh, Chesapeake Conservancy had been working on it for quite some time. Uh, Gavin Buckley got involved in it. And so, I mean, I kind of got wind of this and I just started poking around and I, I was, out of the loop enough to go down to listen to the hearing before I realized the Senate is, the House is meeting on, not in person, the Senate is. and I Right. So I ended up watching it, going home and watching it on video. And, um, you know, and once she put that that, that amendment in, it's, it's crossed over, it's public knowledge that this is now a project. So, um, you know, I wrote a story about that and I looked at the history of it. It really is a fascinating place. We talked a little bit about it before this. But, I mean, it's the thing about, it's the thing about, journalism that is fun and it's the thing that's great about a newsroom as opposed to someone like you or me who's really pretty much on their own and that you know you have you have a a room full of people who come in every day and they ask what can we write about you know what can we what can we cover what's good what's bad what's successful what are people talking about and when you have that in a community um, you know, the community is richer for it. It actually affects tax rates. It, it you know, it, it creates a, you, you have less anger in public opinions when you're talking about local issues than you do about national issues because you know the people, you know. So, I mean, having a, a place where all of these ideas can happen in a newspaper or something like it are really important, but that's changing. And so that's kind of the reason why I'm able to do this because I'm part of a great experimentation in what's going to replace legacy media or or how they'll evolve because I don't think they'll go away um, but that story was one where you know being a part of the community you hear things you go and you check them out and then you just go do good reporting you know it's, it's fascinating what what you've done I mean you, you talk about long form you talk about that that's sort of your passion I mean was that as as a, as a cub reporter way back when when you were getting into this I mean was that what you were doing was that what you were trained with or I mean how 
Uh, or is it? No, I, is I, I, you got to remember when I started being a reporter. Um, uh, Where did you start? I started at the Maryland Coast Press in Ocean City, which I think is still around, but maybe the name has changed. It, 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 it changed ownership shortly after I started because of divorce between the owners. And so very suddenly I was working with the Maryland Coast Dispatch, which is still around. It's a free weekly in Ocean City. You know, and we would do we would do the goofiest stuff, you know. I mean, I covered city council, um, uh, you know, but in the summer, because the circulation would swell to, I mean, it was free, you know, <laughs> yeah. print all you want, but the circulation would swell to like 60,000, 70,000. And, um, you know, you'd, you'd do interviews, that, any interviews you get. So I did an interview with Frank Perdue, because, you know, and, and, and I did an interview with Roger Mudd for some reason. I'm trying right. to remember why I didn't. I mean, so there are all of these interviews. It's just whatever you wanted. That, that would be the long-form journalism. You would write this interview uh, you know, up with the person. And it was just fun. So, you know, over the years, I've always wanted to take the time to dig deeply into stories and then, and then share it in a way that is interesting and compelling and makes you understand what's, what's going on here. You know, reporting what's going on at the city council um, is is incredibly important, um, but it's a it's a kind of deadline reporting most days. Um, it's it's you know that it's being in a place where you can take the time to put the effort and 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 time into a into a story into a, into a, a news story, and then figure out how to share it in a way that is compelling and clear. You know that that takes. That takes experience. It takes time, um, and it takes a willingness on the part of readers to, to you know, to, to, to read it. Um, that was really intelligent, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> the uh, but I mean, that kind of that kind of journalism is is hard to do, and it, it takes effort, and and that's what I'm trying to provide. Okay, so Meta came to you. They they approached you. Now, where does this difference? Now, there's another website, web platform where anybody can write for. And I realize that Meta is invitation only at this point, And I don't know what their ultimate goal is to be. But there's one called Medium. Yeah. Uh, what differentiates the two, do you know? Well, I mean, there's a couple of them. There's Medium. There's Substack. There's a whole bunch of them. And um, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with um, the models I mean, working in, in newspapers, you know, newsletters used to be the thing that you would spend a lot of time on that nobody would read. Um, you know, uh, um, you know, that's changed recently. Now every news organization is into newsletters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think that the idea behind uh, Meta was to do this in a different way than... Uh, than Substack. I mean, there was a piece in the Washington Post recently about Substack and media, Medium, you know, talking about how because those are those are self-selected, there's a lot of people who are putting stuff up there that's not true. Um, you know, disinformation about the election. Sure. Um, uh, uh, you know, the business model is such that the person who is uh, providing the newsletter is a customer of the platform. You know, I mean, there's there's a financial arrangement there where um, the platform is taking a percentage of the subscriptions right. to host the newsletter. I think that's how it works. Um, it's a little different right now with uh, Meta. Um, you know, they are supporting these local voices and I own the business. Um, you know, so, you know, at the end of my agreement with Meta, um, I can... You know, the, the content is mine. I own the copyright and I can do with it whatever I want and I can take it in different directions. That's if it ends. I mean, I don't know that it sure. does. Um, so, I mean, they're also, rather than 
selling the service to anyone. They are they're trying to pick voices that have credibility. And that sounds political if you talk about it, but a lot, most of their stuff is not political. I'm actually trying not to write about politics as often as I would have when you I was at the You said that in your AMA. Yeah. Um, uh, just because you'd be shocked. You know, when you write about politics, the readership goes down. Um, so there's a writer on there who I think is an NPR host who hosts a show about the Latino, the Latino, the Latino population. And she's from uh, Central American, I want to say Guatemala, but, um, you know, she was in a, a, a a meeting I was in and she's writing about the cuisine of her, of her home country. Um, you know, there's, there's journalists who have worked for the papers who are now trying. So, I mean, you have people who have skills and who have unique perspectives on things that ha- bring us something a little different to it. They're starting it small cause they want to see where it goes. Cause it is a market that has other things. I mean, if you subscribe to New York times, you know, they will send you a newsletter for anything. They right. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing how many you can get. Um, you know, and even in this community, you know, you've got Ryan Snedden and, and mm-hmm. the Annapolis Scoop. The Capitol has newsletters. The Baltimore Sun has newsletters. Washington Post has newsletters. Do you have a newsletter? It comes to your news. Yeah, it comes to your newsletter. I listen. I, I go to the podcast every day. Um, but I mean, so it's 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 a way to push your readership in to people's email boxes, and it's very effective. Part of the, I'm not solving any problems with, we'll say, legacy media, but I mean, as technology has evolved over the last 20 years, uh, people are just getting their news, getting their information, not necessarily just news, in just different different ways. I mean, people, some people want to listen to it, and they'll listen to WTOP. Some people, no, I, I need I need the ink on my thumbs and my things, which isn't doesn't happen anymore. But I miss yeah, that. Yeah, you know? yeah, they solved that problem. Yeah, um, you know that that was always a good thing. I mean, it's Sunday morning. You know, you, you know, the black fingertips. You know exactly what you were doing in the morning. Uh, others would watch the evening news. Others are you know listening to podcasts. Others are going to the online websites to figure out what they are. And I think that there, you know there's place in the world. And I think that Meta, Facebook. Meanwhile, in Annapolis, has found a, found a place for that. I mean, you're not seeing, and it's not a diss on the Capitol by any means, but you're not seeing the long-form stuff to the degree that you've presented so far in there. And, you know, let's face it. I mean, you've got to be, every every media organization, no matter what level they are on, whether it be, you know, Ryan and the Naptown Scoop or me or you or whatever, we're, I mean, we're working with less. I mean, your, your staff is, you know, me. yourself, your dog and my wife <laughs> and your yeah. unpaid wife. Um, so, so, well, you know, if you pay me, you're paying my wife, so. <laughs> but I mean, um, we're going and it's, so it's a, what we're talking about in Annapolis is a microcosm of what's going on in news media in, in this country. I mean, I, you know, I don't know very much about news media in other countries, but I do know a little bit about it in this country, just from reading and being a part of it for so long. And that is, um, you know, the legacy media, particularly newspapers, their readership is declining. It's, and it's because people are finding their news in other ways. Um, that the, the, the delivery process of, of, of printing a newspaper every day um, and having it begin to age and fall out of date immediately after it hits the page and then dropping it in your house or your mailbox or whatever, that's dated and becoming less and less relevant. And it's only going to get worse. Um, you know, I think the New York Times, uh, uh, Dean Baquet, the, the editor of the New York Times, he just retired. I think at one point he said he expected the New York Times to start dropping days of the week in 10 years. Oh, wow. Um, so, I mean, it's just the readership for those print pages is declining. So what we're going through is a huge experimentation in how to deliver the news because it has 
market value. I mean, America is a is a market economy. It's a capitalist society, and it's all about you know having a successful business model or having some way you know to pay for things. Nothing is for free in America, and the thing is 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 that because in communities like this. There's not someone stepping forward and say, I know how to do this. This is how it's going to work. You're seeing lots of small voices like you, like me, like Ryan, uh, like others. I mean, there's, there's, there's some I, I, you know, I don't even think most people know exist. I mean, I think there's Report Annapolis, um, which is pretty small. And you see they right. pop up once in a while. The Talbot Spy, which is a nonprofit newsroom, right. they came into Annapolis for a little bit and then left. Right. I think because they found that there was a lot of support for the capitalists right after the shooting. Um, I mean, so there's all this... What's going to work? What are people willing to consume? As these things, ideas mature, and because it's a market-based, you know, succeed or fail, as the good ideas grow, they'll become financially successful. They'll be able to become more powerful. They'll be able to, it's just like a forest, the big trees have, knock have out the larger, little trees. Larger voice. Right. Um, you know, I don't think you or I will live to see the end of this experiment, but my kids will see it. I agree. I agree. I mean, I think it's, it's interesting that in... In my realm, when I go around talking to different people, I mean, uh, you know, people say, oh, I've never heard about Ion Annapolis. Mm. And I'll be like, well, okay, we've been around for like 12 years and da 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 And, and that's somewhat surprising to me. Um, other like, oh, it's just the capital. That, that's it. And, you know, I think the Naptown Scoop has a great reach and they growth. And I, I'm also surprised when people say, oh, I've never heard of that. I got to look something up because, I, you know, I, I, I think that. The fact that no one has, somebody has not heard of Ion Annapolis is just, is, is unbelievable. So let's see, wait a minute. There's, can I read it in the sunshine? You have 100 and, is that right? No, you have 53,000 followers on Twitter. Yeah. That's a lot. Again, not all of them are in Annapolis. Sure. It's, you know. And some of them are your brother-in-law who are following you because he yeah, loves you. Yeah, but I, I mean, well, you look, look at Anne Arundel County, okay? It's got half a million people, we'll say, for this. Okay, so there's 10% of that. Okay, so there's 90% that, that has no idea that, that, that... And obviously, there's not all on Twitter. But I mean, it still amazes me that... And there are some people that, that I've talked to that say, oh, the Capitol, I, you know... I stopped subscribing a long time ago. Are they still around? Yeah. And, I, I, and, and it may not be in Annapolis. I mean, I think that a lot of people... Obviously, as the capital has, you know, uh, its footprint has come in a little bit and its resources have 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 been pressured, um, you know, the area it is able to serve has has shrunk a little bit. Um, I heard recently that the school board member from Pasadena doesn't really care what's in the capital because nobody in Pasadena reads it. I don't know if they ever did, but they read the Maryland Gazette. Ah, that's because they're the left. No, 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 no. no. I mean, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that is lost when you lose that kind of. Um, everybody reads or everybody at least has to be aware of what's in a media outlet like the Capitol. And that is, you know, you have a consensus on what the issues of the day are. You have a consensus that these are the facts that we can argue over, that these are the facts. Um, and so by having all of these disparate little media outlets, uh, I think there's the Pasadena Voices restarting. I heard sure. that they're looking to hire an editor. Uh, you know, and that's the that's the Severna Park voice, one of their things. Right. Um, you know, as, as these things are around... You know, they provide different viewpoints on the news and different ways of capturing the news, and that's fine. What's bad is that when you have news outlets or, or organizations that say they're news outlets that tailor their information so that it appeals to 
someone's worldview. You know, it doesn't challenge them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's that kind of journalism ethic that's missing, I think, in a lot of these in a lot of these things, like on Substack or like on Medium or or, or, or maybe even on some meta channels. Um, you know, I mean, there's the capital certainly um, always looked at the world from Annapolis. Remember the old New Yorker cartoon? It would be a picture of the New York skyline, and then it would be New Jersey, a little right. smaller. Right. By the time you got to right. San Francisco, it's just a dot on the edge. That's the way the capital always looked at the world. Um, you know, Annapolis, all caps, Edgewater, Severna Park, first capital letters, Deal, right. and Brooklyn Park, little right. letters, and then Baltimore. Yeah, we don't really care what's right. going Baltimore's on. got their big B. And it, on page it, A4, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Well, you know, I always I always thought it was funny that if you look at the, and I think it happens with any media thing, but it's, uh, you look at a letter to the editor, and it's like, oh, my God, the capital again. They're just such a left-wing shill for... You know, and then tomorrow's letter is like, oh my God, the capital is such a right wing shill. <laughs> so that's how you know you're. So that's how you know you're doing it right when you get it from all sides. <laughs> that is one of the great things about being a journalist, and also one of the scary things is that you try not to form allegiances with anybody, and you know you you ask for quarter and give none. It's a real life wrestling with ideas. And, and wrestling with the consequences of those ideas. I mean, you talked about the shooting. The column that, the shoot, that angered the man who eventually came in and killed my five colleagues was perfectly fine. It was factually correct and it was fair. Right. And the writer did a good job and they were aware of the consequences that this was something about a personal dispute. But I mean, the point of the column was how, talk about Facebook, it was you know, harassment online. That was what was going on. And... It was it was well timed. It was well written. The the writer is is you know a careful, considered journalist, and who knew that that was going to be the thing that would set this person off? And that was ten years later. Uh, yeah, well, uh, almost. It was twenty eleven to twenty twenty eighteen. So not you know eight years later, but seven years later. Good good that math isn't my strong subject. It's a good thing you're a writer. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I mean, there's always going to be people who disagree with the decision to do a story on this versus that. But when you have that sense of community because all your kids are in the high school sports pages or you have a sense of community because they're writing about what the Elks are doing or what the, the you know, the VFW on Forest Drive is doing or, you know, or, or there are pictures from social events. All those things have been shrinking in the capital for a number of years. So that sense of community has gotten a little smaller. You know, I was editor of the Maryland Gazette before I was at the Capitol. And when we made the decision to the company made the decision to close our office in Glen Burnie and move it back out of the office, you know, out on Old Capitol Drive. Um, it was a loss to the community because they no longer had a newspaper based in the center of their community. It was people driving there to their community to cover it. Different thing. It's the same thing when the when Tribune decided to close the office of the Capitol in Annapolis. It's people who are driving to Annapolis to write about it. Baltimore, Baltimoreans coming down here to cover. You know, if I was, I mean, Annapolis, we were talking about this. Annapolis is a ridiculously expensive place to buy a home. Or rent, absolutely. And so, I mean, I, I, I have, I have no qualms with a reporter who's making some of the ridiculously low salaries that they pay at the Capitol. Um, decides to find a nice townhouse with a couple of roommates in downtown Baltimore because there's not something equivalent in Annapolis. Oh, you can't, you can't fault anybody for that. Absolutely. And I mean, the, the price of housing, and hopefully, we're working on figuring ways to make housing in Anne Arundel County a little bit more affordable. I had heard at one point that something like 70% of the firefighters, because they mostly work shifts, uh, live outside of the county. And I think it was like 30% live outside the state. So, I mean, what's what's happened is, is that, you know, and, and it's funny, a, a, a criticism of the Capitol I heard once was that we do murders 
and zoning really well. We cover violent crime and zoning really well and nothing much in between, which is just completely <laughs> wrong. But, I mean, it was, it was like the same people who would, who would, you know, the woman who would call up and say, I, I'm canceling my subscription because you stopped Kathy, the, the single pain comic strip right. that was the young girl with the cat and, and the woman and the cat. And, and I explained to her that the artist had died and, and that that's why, you know, it wasn't going to be like Peanuts, which right. went on for longer <laughs> after he died than before. Um, but that the, the, you know, it, it didn't exist anymore. And she, I don't care. Hang up. Just out of curiosity, when people call in the squawk and bitch and they say, I'm canceling my subscription, do they? Oh, yeah. Well, not anymore. Yeah. Not, not right now. You know, no. I mean, that's, I mean, uh, you know, I'm not hard to find. You can reach me by email. But so far, no one has called up and said, I can't believe you wrote about fox sounds in, the, in this Meanwhile in Abba. But all right, all right, Abba, all right. You bring, at, you're, bringing yeah. up, you're bringing up fox sounds and stuff like that. Okay, now that was, I want to tell you, that was my most Googleable article I've ever read. And by that, I mean, I had to have Google open on another screen <laughs> to find out what all these damn words were. That you, it was great. You were it was great. So, I mean, uh, uh, most of the time, most of the time, I'm, I'm a journalist. And so what I write is based on things I talk to about people and things that, um, that, that you know, I, I, with this project in particular, blending that through what I know about this community, you know. So it is really a mix of opinion and perspective, which is what I think I described it as at the beginning. Well, that, that article was, uh, the fo- what, the fox in my window is asking my dog to play. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, that was based on the experience of living out by the bay. I don't live on the water. I can see the water from my right. house. Um, but, uh, you know, living out by the bay. And it was, it's just different out there than it is in downtown Annapolis. It was, it's five degrees colder today than it is mm-hmm. out here. Um, the wind literally roars when in downtown you can't have it we used to lose power and we you know we'd go over and stay with a friend if it was more than a day or something like that and they they wouldn't have even blinked at their house yeah so it just it's 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 a place and there's all sorts of animal and noise that that's that's what i wrote about i thought that i thought that column that article was very um rob hyacinesque yeah to, to a degree very uh carefree very you know someone after he died um after he died, someone who, a pretty good writer, called up and said, I would like to fill Rob's, what Rob did, you know, and be the, be the kind of the uh, examine life kind of writer of the Capitol. And this was like two weeks after oh the shooting. Gosh. And I'm like, too soon, too soon. I don't know, Rob, Rob came from the sun and he was the, um, you know, he, he, he took a buyout there. Uh, was it a buyout? I, he, I think he took a forced buyout or maybe even got laid off. I'm mm-hmm. not sure which. You know, the, the son went through all of these years of contractions through their ownership. They were in bankruptcy for a decade, I think, was it? Uh, their ownership, you know, Tribune. And um, So Rob left at some point and, and went and taught a little bit and did some other things and then came as an editor. And he brought that quirky writing style that, that he had with him where he could just see the world through a different different lens. He, he described what he did at the Sun once as... Um, as being the walk-around guy, you know, he they would they would send him, they send the reporter who's covering the big story, murder trial or something like that, and then they would send him to walk around and find another story that went with it. Um, and it just was a real talent. He had, you know, there's he won a big mentorship award posthumously, and and a lot of it was because just in in the short time he was there, he got there in 2009, I think 2008, uh, maybe a little before that, something like that, and and. You know, that's that's a lot of reporters to come through the Capitol in that period. Um, and and he just imbued a sense of writing and language um, that lots of lots of people 
kept with them when they left. I know Tim Prudente, who's at the Sun, and he's at the Banner. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, he wrote a piece about Rob's uh, Dead Word Society, and it was words that mean nothing or have lost all meaning that Rob kept a list of that he didn't want to see in your stories. And, you know, the, it, it was a testament to his ability as a human being that people would, people who read that, who had worked with Rob, thought I was, I thought I was the only one he did that with. You know, I didn't know, I didn't know that was, I, I thought that that was my relationship with him. And it was, turns out it was, it was his skill as an editor. Well, I, you know, I, I know several reporters that have been mentored by him and they all say the same thing. Yeah. They said he was just, just absolutely amazing. But, you know, back to your article, I mean, just some of the words that I was working on. They, okay, Volpe's, okay, my Latin jumped into me there with the, the whole thing. But onomatopoeia, I'm going to say that's probably the first column you've ever written with that word. That's, who doesn't know onomatopoeia? Oh, I, mean, I know what yeah, it yeah, is, yeah, but yeah. I mean, you, probably, you probably don't use it that frequently. Well, that's because it's too long for a newspaper column. That's one of the great things about this piece I'm doing. I can write 2,000, I think that, that was like 2,000 words or something like that. You know, the, the, a, a newspaper column, a classic newspaper, is a column long, which means about 650 words okay. in the capital. Maybe you get a little longer if you get a jump and you're on, it displayed certain ways, but... No, I'm able to write at greater length, and that's a joy. It's fat, but stridulation. I had to look that one up. Can't yeah, even pronounce too. this. I had to look that one up. This one, psithorism. <laughs> so you don't, you don't. The, the P is silent. So psithorism. Psithorism. It's the sound of the wind going through the the leaves in a tree. And geckers. That was another one. That's a ge- and that's a real thing. That's a, a noise. Of, if you live near foxes, you've heard that. And then, um, you know, then I had to pull out my Greek mythology with all the uh, Boreas and the Zephyrus. And- you know, I mean, uh, one, of the, one, of, one of the things that I had a lot of fun with that was, was word choice. I mean, that was really something that I tried. That was more about the writing of it than the journalism in it, because it was all based on personal experience. And um, not, not that that's not a form of journalism, but, um, you know, I don't know that sitting and listening someplace for 20 years and writing about it. There's a great... Uh, there's a great book by, uh, I forget his name, but he's written, he's lived out in the woods in Vermont for 50 years, and he writes about all these books about following the nature on this piece of land he owns. It's great. And so I was thinking about that. Um, but uh, that was really more about the writing of it, so I was very careful of the words. You know, I, I, I got down to the end, and uh, um, I made a choice to um, use Haudenosaunee. I don't know how you pronounce it. But it's the it's the name for the Iro- the people that we know as Iroquois that they would call themselves. Iroquois would be a a, a name that was given to them by other tribes, okay. right? The member from school, the Iroquois right. Confederation, Mohawk, yeah, all this. Right. Um, so they're the Haudenosaunee, and that and the Algonquin were the two major language groups in North America when 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 the Europeans arrived, and Algonquin uh, would have been the language that would have been spoken here. Iroquois, Haudenosaunee, they were they were around somewhere. I'm butchering that word. Um, so I mean, I had I did have to look up those words. I didn't know the words for wind for them. But I've always thought that you know that's something that we lost here by not having that that the you know the native the native culture here didn't survive our arrival. And that you know we lost what they call place. We've got names, right? You know, Assateague, growing up in Ocean City as a kid, that was a great joke. You know, um, uh, you know, Assa Woman Bay. Right. Well, that that there's a really terrible joke with that one. But Assateague, what's it mean? Uh, it means you mean this place here, Wicomico, Potomac. Uh, you know, all these places that we take for granted. They're all their names, but the languages themselves are extinct. So yeah, interesting. You happy now? I, you know, I'm. <laughs> Was I unhappy at the Capitol? No. Am I happy now? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that clearly I'm in a job with less pressure because fewer people depend on me. 
Um, you know, I have responsibility for making decisions that affect fewer people. So that's it. I sleep better. Um, that's what I always said. When I, I owned several travel agencies when I finally sold off. Wagonlit Carson. Back, Carlson Wagonlit. Yeah. There you go. Up but, close. Um, yeah, no, I mean, you know, not having employees. Oh, my God, that was freaking great. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a lot of stressful. I mean, and, and you know, you've got to make sure that, you know, you're putting Thanksgiving dinner on their tables. Uh you know, but I mean, the flip of that is, is that you don't have someone to talk about a story with. You don't have, and that's one of the values of a newsroom. You don't have, you know, people to get excited about. Um, a reporter once described me as, as a newsroom tornado because something would happen and I would come skipping out of my office to say, hey, who is working on the story about the economic development director who, you know, was breaking into his neighbor's apartments and fondling their underwear? Um, uh, you know, I mean, just... Stories that you go, oh, my God, I can't believe, can, can you believe this happened? Uh, get something on it, get something on it, get it up now, get it up now. Um, that's gone. Um, but there are, there are joys to doing this as a solo act, too. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a lonely existence. I I agree. Yeah. Uh, and you're all working out of your home, I'm assuming, at, at, at this point. Yeah, I, I had to, like, figure out the square space of my office for tax purposes. <laughs> Tape measure stuff like that. And you are doing two articles a week? Um, I am trying to do more. So, I mean, uh, these things are taking time. Um, you know, I'm working on one now that I thought I would finish this week that is now looking like it's going to, it may even push into April because uh, it involves, you know, pub- getting documents from Public Information Act and things of that nature. Um, and so, I mean, a lot of it is having several things working at once and landing the ones as landing the best ones when it's best to 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 provide the reader i'm trying to provide more um premium content things who as opposed to someone who gets the free stuff someone who pays trying to make sure those people who pay for subscription get something that's unique to them sure so i I think you'll probably start seeing me do three a week real soon interesting now how um you know i i I mean obviously your audience is growing as more people know, know about that but i mean how do you i mean do you publish this just what write it up in word and Upload it to... Um, you know, I w- that's one of the advantages. I mean, you know, I don't know how much you deal with, with in, in journalism, in, in, in the technological side of newsrooms, it's called a content management system, a right. CMS. CMS. And um, basically it's, you know, what you write on and how you publish it and how you make it look nice and bring in pictures and all those things. And that's all technology that Meta, that, that Bulletin provided. Um, and it's it's new. They're adding more things to it. I was delighted when I was able to change the my homepage, essentially, change the top of it from white to blue. Woo-hoo. Okay. Um, Just a little things. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, right. I mean, so these are things, you know, they were recently added. At the bottom of each column, there's a way for you to send me a comment directly. Um, I recently wrote something exploring why gas prices are what they're around, around Annapolis, trying to not write about global markets and things of that nature, which, you know, are beyond my ken. Um, the... Um, but, I mean, I wrote about it, and, and it, I got comments from Texas. There is a, you know, that's something that they added. I will say that Bulletin has been very good in terms of helping me understand how to put out a newsletter. That's great. I mean, you know, they certainly have the, uh, the backing behind them to be able to, to do that, the, the technical chops and everything else that nobody, nobody does have. I think, I, you know, I think, I think my wife was worried. The day their stock fell 25%, I forget what, I forget what happened. Right. Something, something happened. I don't know. Was it in Washington? Was it a technical? Something happened, and, and, and Meta's stock fell 25%, um, which meant, you know, Mark Zuckerberg was merely the, you know, the, 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 the richest person <laughs> right, in the world right, right. by X factor instead of X plus Y. Right. Um, yeah, my wife said, is 
are, are you going to get paid? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I, I think I, 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 I'm pretty sure they're going to be able to cover it. Yeah. Well, it's like when um, when uh, Mackenzie and Jeff Bezos divorced. It was like here's a, here's a woman that divorced the world's richest guy, lost his uh, half of his fortune, still kept the number one spot, and she moved up to number three. Still, <laughs> you know, wrote a check to say I'm going I'm going into space. You know. <laughs> It's crazy. Well, you know, congratulations on Meanwhile in Annapolis. I do enjoy it. I do encourage everybody to subscribe to it. Check it out. I mean, it is long form. And I mean, there, there are some... Uh, he's taking a picture. Yeah. You'll see that on, you'll see that on social media. <laughs> um, but, you know, do it. RickHutzel.Bulletin.com. That's it. Is the website. Um, and you know, check it out. It's really... It, it is interesting stuff. I mean, you've got the... I say lifelong. I mean, you grew up in Ocean City, but you've been in Annapolis for 30, 19, October 1987. Uh, long, long time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, has has the connections as being the editor of the Capitol for so many years. And it's it's really a unique thing that can exist so well side by side with the Capitol, with I Annapolis, with Naptown Scoop, with, you know, what's up with, you know, whatever it is. It's, it's you're doing something different. And it's really it's really pretty, very, very cool. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Well, thank you for uh, enjoying the sunshine day here. Uh, Beautiful. Yeah, I I think I'm not I'm not sure if this is really spring yet, though. I'm not I don't trust this Maryland weather. I I, I think I think. Thanks for listening to this week's local business spotlight. Please make sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events and opinion. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Eye on Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you all the day's local news direct to your phone, tablet, or computer in about 10 minutes. It comes to you at 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.